Today's episode is brought to you by Cameo. If your organization is looking to adopt Chromebooks, but you need to give your people seamless access to all their apps, including Windows apps, Cameo is the simplest and most secure and most cost-effective way to deliver all the apps your people need to be productive on Chrome OS. Cameo is a Chrome Enterprise recommended virtualization solution and is deeply integrated with Chrome OS and the Google Admin Console, making it easy for you to push any app as a PWA to your Chromebooks. And now you can take advantage of a special Chrome OS and Cameo bundle that makes it easier than ever to test. If you're interested, you can head over to cameo.com forward slash unbox. That's C-A-M-E-Y-O dot com slash unbox or click the link down in the show notes. This episode is brought to you by the official coffee of the Chromecast podcast, Fresh Roasted Coffee, who we've partnered with to make a special edition Chrome Unboxed anniversary blend. Here at Chrome Unboxed, we're not just nerdy about Chromebooks, we're also coffee snobs. And look, we wasted a lot of time hand roasting coffee before we found Fresh Roasted Coffee, and we haven't looked back since. This coffee is roasted fresh to order, immediately packaged, nitrogen flushed and shipped directly to your door. And although we can't officially say that this Chrome Unbox Edition tastes any better than the normal anniversary blend, that is the word around town. But don't just take our word for it. Pick up a bag for yourself and let us know what you think. You can grab a bag over at chromeunbox.com forward slash coffee. Welcome to the Chromecast, the official podcast from Chrome Unboxed where we unpack everything from hardware to software in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS so that you can be more informed on all the latest updates, changes, and devices. This podcast is brought to you by NordVPN. We recommend this service and use NordVPN because they keep your browsing secure and private on any device, whether you're using a Chromebook, an Android device, a Mac, an iPhone, or a Windows device. NordVPN is going to protect your browsing. They have 24-7 customer support in case you ever have any issues, and they offer a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you want to learn more and maybe give it a try, head over to chromeunbox.com forward slash NordVPN to get started today. So there are some pretty exciting changes uh, that uh, we've made at Chrome Unboxed. Um, just in general, this is going to allow us to make more content, right? Just make more videos, more articles, and and stuff like this. Yeah, the, and the podcast. It's a it, you know, it's a simple change, but it's a a, a pretty big one for us as a group. Um, in general, uh, for a lot of people that don't know, uh, we most of us kind of held down at some point in time through this whole journey have held down other jobs full-time part-time all that kind of stuff while we've tried to grow chrome unboxed and as of april 1 um, joe has stepped away and gabe has been kind of full-time into chrome unboxed while doing some side work uh for what you've been doing that for two years now. two years yeah january um and then i've uh, moved back to a part-time position um, at the firm that Joe and I worked for in order to pursue more time with Chrome Unbox. So just in general, we have a lot more time, a lot more mental energy, a lot more resources to give to this project now. And hopefully that means more awesome content for you guys, including things like uh, a return to this weekly 
uh, podcast. Yeah. Is that what we're going to do weekly? Yeah. We yeah why not? We sure. are now. I, just, I, just, I said it out loud. Robbie so just spoke happen. it into existence, yeah. so that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we're really excited. This is uh, this is a, a you know a big a big step for us, and it, like Robbie said, it just means more more good content for you guys. So, but enough about us. Let's dig right into what has been happening in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS. So first up, we've got um, AMD Chromebooks that are on their way, and we've got uh, this this Zork. That we, is it Zork is the the processor Zork, code name? Zork is the board the board name yeah. the code name okay. for the device. So there we go. Not sure if it's an actual production or development device, but yeah, January we saw AMD Chromebooks come into existence for the first time, but they were targeted squarely at the education market because they're they're kind of on the level with you know Apollo Lake Gemini Lake kind of devices. So. As awesome as it was to see, it was still kind of like, oh, okay, great, there they are. Well, now we've seen, we've got some some competitive processors headed to Chrome OS, and these are going to be, that's the Picasso line of AMD processors, but they have that Vega 8 and Vega 10 GPUs. So they're going to be comparable to a lower-end core processor from Intel, but the GPU is going to make the difference. These are going to be... These are going to be processors that developers and guys who do editing and eventually gamers are going to want to have in a Chromebook. So. Yeah, because then one of the huge differences here is AMD is cheaper, just in mm-hmm. general across yeah. the board. So you're going to get the same type of performance you get from, say, like the probably like Y series, right? Core M, yeah, M3, maybe Y series Core yeah. i5, something like that. Uh, but like you said, that GPU difference really. Um, we haven't seen GPUs in any way, shape, or form in Chromebooks yet. And AMD has these APUs. They have GPUs built in. So mm-hmm. hopefully video editing, photo editing, you know, if we're talking about the normal productivity stuff, will just be better because of that and, and cheaper. So, yeah. so they're going to do more and they're less be money. Right. <laughs> so, right, I mean, right. You imagine yeah. something like the Asus C434 that just launched for 570 bucks. Imagine being able to swap that Core M3 for one of these AMD chips and right. the price going down $100 yeah. and it actually being a little bit more productive of a machine. Yeah, I mean, better those are, performance. Yeah, I mean, that's just attractive across the board. Absolutely. So, that's so. cool to see. So when, when when do we expect to maybe start seeing these devices? Do we have any idea as of right now? I wouldn't anticipate any sooner than the end of the year, but you never know. I mean, uh, Chromebook development has increased rapidly over the past two to three years, uh, but this device is brand new. They just started working on it a couple of weeks ago and you're usually on a new device that's uncharted territory nine to 12 months yeah so, so it, the, only, the only way it can move quicker is if they're somehow able to just like swap in right now that they've already done some of the back work for amd chips in general uh if they can drop this into an intel board and work out some kinks i just right. don't know if that's even physically possible yeah. so hard to tell and, and these will be you know, th- th- this will be a, a flagship device, oh, right? I, you know, this isn't like you said. There were some of these other, you know, ARM processors that were out there that weren't quite flagship. They were they were education oh, yeah. sector or 100%. whatever. You know, these yeah, are, I don't want to call them cheap, but they're they're right. budget focused. They're education is, focused. They're 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 just kind of those. They can do enough for for right. basic stuff, but the, right. these are going to be way beyond that. These are going to we're going to see these in the. The 434s and the HP X360s, those kind of devices, I would think. So. Yeah. So speaking of another Chromebook uh, that that is is upcoming that we are very excited about is it is another made by Google device. Yeah, yeah, we were super excited to see that happen. That was at the uh, Cloud Next event. 
Um, and that was a weird event in general. Those sessions were kind of closed. And so unless you were there, you didn't see it. It's not like they yeah. put them out in live streams or did press releases. And it wasn't like these were <clears throat> super accessible either. They, no. they had a very high price tag, yeah. right? Super expensive. <laughs> what, $1,600, $1,300? Yeah, $1,500 yeah. for yeah. tickets. Expensive. No, we, yeah. did not, we did not go. We weren't there. <laughs> um, but someone from 9 to 5 was there. Who was yeah. on the ground? Mm, I don't remember who might it was. Might have been Ben. I'm not sure. But we, we were on the East Coast, actually. So we were in New York when that was going on. So. Um, yeah, and so we just saw it come across like everybody else did. But the exciting part is um, they just kind of hinted at it. And I want to read exactly what they said here. So um, from Google, they said, we want to help the employees that are constantly on the go and have a working paradigm where 60% of them, and this is all our Google employees, are working outside of their desks. 43% of them are working remotely at least part of the time. The tools they have aren't conductive to the lifestyle and work style that makes them maximally, maximally productive and excited to go to work every day. And here's the kicker. We think there's some unique things we can do differently than the Pixelbook and the Pixel Slate that are going to really help give them what they're looking for when they're working in this new, modern, cloud-first era. And they were specifically referencing something that was coming, uh, a device that's coming from them. Uh, and they said, uh, I can't find it in here, but they said basically... They didn't have anything that they were going to announce, uh, but to look in the future. They were they were pretty clear. Like, the, a made by Google Chrome-type cloud-centric device yeah. is coming that's going to differentiate itself from the Pixelbook and the Pixel Slate. And while I'm excited about that, I'm a little sad. I was really hoping they were just going to revamp the, right. the Pixelbook because I love my Pixelbook. And one with smaller bezels and just mm. an updated processor, I mean, I would literally throw my money at it right now. But... Um, it doesn't seem like that's going to be it. I don't know what you do different than a tablet right. or a laptop. I have no idea. But and we still don't really have a re- any reason to believe that Atlas isn't a, a Google device. I'm just not sure at this point if that's the device they're talking about. Is it going to launch at I.O. next month? Because there's rumors of right. the new Pixel phone, the Pixel 3a yeah. phones right. coming. And, and it's kind of weird because like Cloud Next is a business-focused mm-hmm. conference. You don't. It's not something that consumers really hear that much about, but... Google really pushed it this year. There was a lot more yeah. forward-facing things in there and uh, things on the front line. And I think I.O. is starting to get that way a little bit, too. There's rumors of new Nest products and rebranding and all that. So it's things are changing a lot. So, yeah, yeah. And, and speaking of I.O., I mean, there's... Uh, I think, Robbie, you put out an article a couple days ago about all of these sessions that are geared... Yeah. That, that are going to impact Chrome OS and Chromebooks so yeah, it looks like there are 11 sessions total if you count the keynotes. So those are your main keynote and your developer keynote. You've got Stadia streaming and tech, a deep dive. That's not exactly just for Chromebooks, but Stadia obviously uh, was demoed. And that's that's Google's game service, uh, game streaming service. It was demoed on uh, the Pixel Slate and the Pixel Book when on stage. So clearly it's going to impact uh, Chrome users. Uh, but then you've got what's new with Chrome and the web, adapting Android games beyond the phone, beyond mobile, building Flutter apps for iOS, Android, Chrome OS, and web, Linux for Chromebooks, building apps for the Chrome OS ecosystem, Chrome OS accessibility, uh, PWA is coming to desktop and Chrome OS, and a fireside chat with Hiroshi Lockheimer. Um, and he's he's leaked out quite a few things about uh, Android mm-hmm. and Chromebooks. Yeah, he, he, li- he, he likes, likes to, to tease. Yeah, yeah, so. So. But the cool thing it's is is that compared to that to when we started this three years ago, right around the time Android apps on Chrome OS were officially announced, <laughs> I think there were two Chrome OS sessions that year mm-hmm. in 2016. 
and it's grown ever since. And up until this point, it's always been focused on developing Android apps for Chrome OS. Now it's everywhere. It's yeah. it's Chrome OS everything. Yeah, at, PWAs, uh, you know, just stuff for Chrome in general. So it, it does seem like it, we've said this for a while that, that Google has fully embraced Chrome OS. Right. It's, almost, it's almost like at one point, I think they were wavering a little bit with whether or not they were going to continue. They tried the Android app thing, and that didn't obviously even take root as fast as I think they wanted it to. Yeah. It took them longer to get this going. But I think with the Pixel Book, probably, that was the mm. point where they went from putting their toe in the water to just going, you know what, let's go. Yeah. And I, I honestly believe that, in general, all these things, Android apps on Chromebooks, that, that's fine. Linux apps, yeah, that's fine. All of this has been a stopgap. Google wants to see the web move forward. Right. And in general, I think if Google just had everything they wanted from Chrome OS, it would be the web to a point where the web can deliver everything you need. Right. No apps needed. You right. just go to a URL and you click the install button and your PWA is installed. And so I think all these things are stopgaps because they know that they've got an architecture in Chrome OS that is future-proofed and really awesome for the web. And so they're building these things on to just to get them there. They just got the web just needs a little bit more time. Right. It's so close though yeah. now. And on top of that, because everyone wants to argue this OS, that OS, whatever you know, and then there was Andromeda, and then now there's Fuchsia, and all. It doesn't matter. the The point is, as Robbie was saying, is it's it's all becoming web centric, and Chrome OS is built around the Chrome browser. So why wouldn't it be one of the best options right. for this? Right. Microsoft has now adopted Chromium for their browser everyone's understanding that this is the direction that it's moving. So it's not about, oh, Chromebooks are, are the end-all, be-all. It doesn't matter, but it's just it's the delivery method that, yeah. of choice yeah. for us. And, and, and I.O., obviously, is, is a, a, a very technical conference, and they, they really get down in the weeds on some of this stuff. Um, but but we're really excited about I.O., and, and we're, yeah. we'll, be, we'll be covering it you know full-fledged this year. So... Uh, make sure to stay tuned for all of that. You know, we're, we're going to be having a lot of coverage of, of IO. Um, moving on here, we've got um, some, some changes over at YouTube TV. Um, a really, really big announcement. I mean, this is like, this is, this is really cool that they just continue to keep growing YouTube TV. Um, but, but they have added the Discovery Group. Second biggest announcement of the year. <laughs> this, this has been the one thing that has kept me connected to cable. And is the TLC and the Food Network, mm-hmm. and they've just adopted those, and that for us that's a big deal, and I know for a lot of people it is a big deal. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so the list technically is the big ones that are getting added: Discovery Channel, HGTV, Food Network, TLC, Investigation Discovery. Never even heard of that. Animal Planet, Travel Channel, Motor Trend. So. I mean, IDs, those Everybody knows what that is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Branding. <laughs> and I'll be honest with you, for me, like most of these aren't a huge deal. Um, HGTV, I know, is is a big deal for a lot of households because watching home improvement shows yeah. is big money. Yeah. It's oh, a big yeah. business. Uh, lots of people like that stuff. But for me, I'm just excited to see Google adding this chunk of channels because it kind of rounds out once they added Turner. Right. They have this. You have movie options if you want to add them. But now I feel like it's in a spot where you're not sitting and waiting for, oh, hopefully they're going to add right, to yeah. XYZ, and then it's going to be full service. Yeah. Now, it did go up to 50 Price, bucks. Yeah. For me, that's a $15 increase because I was grandfathered in at 35 mm, Right. So even when Turner channels came, I've been paying 35 So in May, when this goes into effect and all these channels show up, 
it goes up to fifty. But I'm okay with paying. I was gonna say, like, it is it is such a good deal, and I love YouTube TV as a service. The like convenience the, of yeah, it. Yeah, let's not forget unlimited cloud DVR right. storage. Six, watch six it accounts. anywhere you want to go, and now they're they're nationwide. There, I don't think there's a market no. they don't yep. exist in. So. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can't tell you how convenient it is just to be able. I, gosh, my brother and I were working around the garage one day, and and there was a game on TV, and we wanted to kind of watch it, kind of here and there, while we were working on a couple things, and to be able to just cast it from my phone, you know, right there in the garage to the TV, boom, ready to go. You know, yeah, it's just for, so so convenient for a generation of people that have grown up knowing cable is this kind of. Um, box that lived in your right. living room, right? That yeah. It's always confined to that right. space that you had to go to, to now know that that's in your pocket and it's anywhere. Like yep. the shackles have just kind of come off yep. and I've gotten so used to that as a thing that when people don't have that ability, it's almost confounding to me that they're yep. like, well, I guess I can't watch that. I'm like, well, huh? why not? <laughs> you know, if you have a Chromecast and you don't have a Chromecast, go get one. They're right. dirt cheap and it makes it easy to use this stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I love it as a service. It's been fantastic. And, and that's not to knock like Hulu, TV right. or yeah. um, what PlayStation has one and Dude, Sling, yeah. and, but it's all kind of the general the same thing. It's just the, the way that, that I've used quite a few of them. The way that YouTube TV just the way it yeah. works is just so easy. Yeah, because yeah, like we we've installed our, our cable provider, we've installed their stream app just so the kids can have it, and it's uh, it's horrible. Like I, I can't even stand <laughs> to use it. YouTube YouTube gets it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the cable companies they're they're still not there. Yeah, and they kind of <laughs> clearly can pull from all of their user data from YouTube and right. realize like, oh, here's how people watch stuff. Here's right. how yeah. people here's how to suggest it. Here's algorithms to do all this stuff, and just throw all that crap into YouTube. Google TV. knows. Yeah. They know. And uh, speaking of uh, streaming video, and y- you said shackles coming off, and it, it was a perfect transition, Robbie. So, so the shackles have finally come off um, for Amazon and Google. Finally, yes. can I get a hallelujah? I can, can I get an amen? Can I get folks? an amen? <laughs> so it's been it's been Gosh. a few months, four or five months that Chromecast actually popped up on Amazon. So yeah. that was kind of the baby steps, and then there was the the back and forth with YouTube being on the Fire devices and the Echo Show and all that, and then they got pulled, and then they were back, and then right. no one wanted to admit who who was at fault. But it seems as though whatever the problem was. They've ironed their differences out. Right. So. And it's clearly, this was power play. Oh, you know, This yeah, was Google yeah. saying, oh, you don't want to sell our Chromecast. And, oh, you don't want to offer, uh, you don't want to allow us to have castability in uh, uh, Prime right, video. video. Yeah. Fine. We won't give you YouTube. And yeah. Amazon go, well, well, fine. You won't have castability. And fine. You won't, you know, and it's, you know, instead of fighting, like the consumers lost in all this. Right. Right. They're the only ones losing. Right. And so, and so the fact that they're ironing this out, uh, like, I'm excited for Fire TV and Fire Stick and Fire device users that they're going to get their YouTube and YouTube TV and YouTube Kids, which is awesome because they're both great yes, services. YouTube's Kids. And they're going to have all those on all those devices, and that's that's great. Good for them. I don't have any of those devices. Have you ever I, seen the Fire Stick? I have. I've never mm-hmm. actually seen one. It's fascinating. I, know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and they're good. They're honestly, it's they're good streaming pieces of hardware. Yeah, they are. Um, I have nothing really against them. I just. I knew that YouTube use was always back and forth with them, and it just that was kind of annoying. And so I've never, I've just never bought into that. The more exciting part of all of this to me is the fact that I'll be able to go on Prime Videos on my Chromebook or on my phone and hit the cast. dang cast button yes. and put the video up on yeah. the screen. Like, there's a couple videos I've had to watch where, like, that was the only place I could find the content to catch up on like two episodes of something I'd missed. Yeah. I, I couldn't find it anywhere else. 
and I, I had to, you know, put it on my phone and then mirror my phone's display oh, and watch yeah. it lag and jump and the audio cut in and like all that crap that goes on with that. And I'm just like, why in God's name can I not cast this to my yeah, own and Chromecast? Pe- and people argue that there's other ways to do it. Our television has Amazon TV built into it or Amazon yeah. Prime built into it, and that's great. It's well, annoying, I, it's annoying to use. Yeah, it's I, clunky. I, I don't use it. Yeah. It's clunky. Yeah, like he said. If I can't flip it up on my phone or my Chromebook and cast it to my TV, I'm not gonna watch. Well, it. and Sorry. like you guys, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and like you, like you guys said, I mean, the, the consumer was the one losing here. I mean, myself included, and I think all of us have Prime memberships, right. and For so years, you know, it, we we've I've got the it. we've never got the content sitting there. And there's some great, there's some great shows on there. They there's do. some great uh, Jack Ryan. Yeah, You're gonna be I watching me some Jack Ryan. Yeah, there's 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 lots of great content, and and it just wasn't accessible. Uh, in a way that was convenient for us. So, yeah, really excited about that. That That's cool stuff. Um, speaking of kind of, man, there's like this trend of like these, you know, we've got Amazon uh, kind of breaking down some of these barriers, and now we've got Microsoft um, introducing, you know, well, well, I guess Google adding the ability to edit Microsoft Docs. Right. Um, you know, that's that's something that, that you wrote about, Robbie, uh, what was that, a couple days ago, a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago maybe. Um Talk to us a little bit about that. What, what what does that mean? Yeah, I mean, just in general, Google has always had a compatibility layer that worked. It was almost like a plug-in kind of. Deal. Yeah, it's built into Chrome. It's a it's yeah. technically an extension, yeah. but it's and they, they kind of baked it in yeah. years ago. Um, and you notice it if you go to open a Microsoft document. It opens. You see that little animation. And you, you get a very limited menu. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you go to change something, it's like, hey, 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 you can't save this. And, oh, you can't share this. And, oh, you can't collaborate with this. If you'd like to save it as a Google document of some sort, whether it's a sheet or a document or whatever, now you can edit, now you can share, now you can collaborate and all that stuff that you want to do. That's going away. So the ability to natively edit Microsoft Office documents is coming um, in the coming months, whatever that means. Um, and when it arrives, basically the idea is, and they listed off a ton of, of uh, file types. It's all mm-hmm. the ones that most people are going to use. I mean, PowerPoint, XLS, Doc, DocX, all that kind of stuff. You'll just be able to open it up, start editing it, and share it with whoever. And if you work with clients, if you deal with any of that kind of stuff, you know the pain point that is a client sending you a Microsoft Office or a Word document can you make some edits and you go to make edits and your whole office works in G Suite. So you sure I'll make some edits. You open it. Well, now you got to save it as another document. But you can share that document back with the client because they don't know what to do with that because some people just don't understand cloud computing. And so now you've got to save it or download it back as another document. It feels like taking a 10 year step backwards mm-hmm. to, to work on a document. And now it's like, okay, cool. I'll open up this .doc file make my edits, we can put notes in, I can send the share link to the person, they can get online, and we can edit things in the cloud, and we can stop downloading and sending files and emails like, you know, cavemen. Could just and, fax it. Yeah, that's yeah, what it feels that. like, uh-huh. though. I mean, it feels such, like such a step backwards. <laughs> I prefer all carrier that. pigeons. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, the cool thing it's is, all going is away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's no official word on it, but clearly Microsoft and Google have had to have worked Absolutely. together on this. I mean, yeah. Google Google's not just going to run with their with their stuff, but it's good to see that there's some some unification going on yeah. in the yeah, industry it, here. It works to Microsoft's favor to do this. Absolutely, I mean, people are are doing what I just described anyway. So right. you know what? The minute you have this available, if I'm working on a Windows device and I'm a Chrome browser person and we use G Suite. Well, now I feel like, well, I like editing in Microsoft Word because there's two or three things I like about it that it does better right. than, than Docs. Well, I can keep doing that now. I can stay in that ecosystem. Right. I don't have to leave it. 
And because there's been people leaving that ecosystem, it's like, you know, it's not worth all of that. I'll figure out how to do my thing in docs and leave Microsoft behind. So right. this, this is going to serve Microsoft well too. And, and again, it's just, it's Apple music showing up and working on Chromebooks. Now it's Apple music deciding to put, you know, Chromecast ability in their apps. Like all these walled gardens over the last few weeks are yeah. starting to crumble a little bit. And it's fantastic to see because at the end, users need to be able to use the services they want on the hardware they want and let everything else get out of the way. And that's right. kind of the promise of the web in general. It's why exactly. I'm such a huge fan of the open web and not applications or ecosystems that the stuff's on the internet and it's democratic. Like, I just want to use that service on this device because I like this device better. You like your Mac, I like my Chromebook. Cool. Right, we should be able to use the same stuff. Yeah, and side note, I mean, not not to Google fanboy here because they have their they have their negatives like anybody. But at at uh, Cloud Next, that was one of the major announcements was Google Cloud Platform is now going to support all of these other <laughs> platforms, so people won't have to go outside of their own company's ecosystem to make things work. Everything will just work together. Google is pushing for the open web yep. and for just a, a platform of cloud computing where everything just works. Mm-hmm. And that benefits everyone. Yep. All right, guys. So before we wrap up here, let's talk about uh, some of the devices we're tracking. Yeah, uh, we'll start with Hatch. Uh, it is the newest uh, Chromium repository device that we're tracking. So um, if, if you're listening to this and you're not completely familiar with what I'm talking about, we track devices and we dig through the open source repositories where... Um, all the code commits are being done for new devices. It takes a long time and it's tedious mm-hmm. work, but we find all kinds of fun stuff. And in general, this the way that Hatch is kind of un- unfolding, Gabe found the initial thing for Hatch six months ago. Oh, wow. Something, Something like, like that. Yeah. Um, it, it's been a while. And, and so Hatch has been around for a little while. Yeah, it looks like, yeah, November, back in November. And yeah. so Hatch has been around as a board for a little while. And this happens. We'll find a board. And we'll see nothing about it for mm-hmm. a while, right. and all of a sudden, all these details as the development process, right. especially goes, because of this up. one, it's uh, built off a of Comet Lake, which in November, Comet Lake processors weren't even available publicly. Right. I don't think right. so. Right. This so is ninth gen mm-hmm. or eighth and a half gen. Intel doesn't even know what generation it's, it's the <laughs> next generation right. of core processors. So. Yeah, so we're talking the latest processors. Uh, Hatch is getting a fingerprint scanner, twenty four hundred by sixteen hundred display, so a pixel book style display yeah. I don't want to say three same thing yeah I don't I can't call that uh, stillable stylus so digitizer stylus that's going to go inside the device which I love uh, I think it's an awesome thing to have in a Chromebook um, it's also getting this new feature that um, some Windows devices have and it may just be a comment like thing so for Chromebooks it's going to be the first processor where they're saying hey we're going to turn this thing on but it allows daisy chaining basically of displays so uh it, if you hook your Chromebook into a display that supports daisy chaining, that display then can have an output to another display, which can have an output to, output to another display. Instead of having to hook the, the Chromebook to every display individually, you can daisy chain them. It's, it's cleaner on a desktop setup, but it also allows you to do some stuff for uh, you know kiosk Kiosks, setups where you have yeah. nine monitors. big for enterprise, definitely. Yeah. So uh, lots of high-end mm-hmm. stuff going on here, obviously. So we're talking you know the latest-gen processors and all that kind of stuff and high-res displays, fingerprint scanners. Put all that stuff together. Seems pretty this, likely this is going to be high-end Chromebook. Yeah, this yeah. thing's going to be a beast. Yeah. So, But we're going to keep digging and, and see what other new fun stuff we can find with it. There's more. Yeah. So the if you want to talk about the HP, the new HP. Oh, device. yeah, yeah, the new HP. So this was kind of their return serve to Acer, I guess. Acer announced their 
714, 715 last week, which are enterprise focused, kind of have the aesthetic of the spin and the the new 514. But they're 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 solid. They're good enterprise devices. First device, first Chromebook ever with a numeric keypad mm-hmm. and a fingerprint scanner. Well, yesterday HP debuted their 15, and it's their first 15.6 inch <laughs> yeah. device, which is really cool to see people people going into that realm because I know it's a it's a want and a need for a lot of people, but it has a numeric keypad, uh, the kind of that ceramic finished lid like the X360 has, the four, X360 yeah. 14, and then a couple different options for the key deck, but it's going to start out with a Pentium Gold processor, four hundred fifty dollars. So it should be com- yeah. it should be competitive in that space, and yeah. it looks good. If it has the, near the build quality of the X three hundred and sixty, it should be a really popular yeah. I mean, device. HP their their better devices have had a really good build yeah. on them, mm-hmm. so I, I would expect it to uh, be put together pretty well. Um, another one that we're tracking is a new MediaTek um, device. This one's early on. Yeah, uh, really code early. Name Crane, um, but there's also um, there are two MediaTek devices too that were Kui Kui. If you're a, po- if you're a Pokemon <laughs> fan, you can probably That's pronounce right. it. They're right. all Kui-Kui. named after professors from Pokemon. Uh, but uh, okay. the the cool thing about these devices is that this is the kind of the next generation MediaTek processor. I'm not sure if it was made just for Chromebooks because you can't find it on MediaTek no. side anywhere. And it's but not it, in anything. Yeah, it is a octa core processor as opposed to their last one that you find in like the Lenovo Flex 11, mm-hmm. C330, it was a quad core. Right. So this has jumped the rock chip that's in the Samsung. Yeah, yeah, quite yeah. a bit. I think, I mean, we've tried to run some benchmarks. I think like Snapdragon 821 mm-hmm. kind of yeah, with the multi-core. So, so what was in the original Pixel phone? So that's a massive step over any ARM chip that's currently in. Right. But, but, you know, we're not tracking anything other than Chezo, which we've been talking about for months and months. Uh on the Snapdragon 845 front, but know that in the second half of this year, we're fully expecting to see not just one, but multiple Snapdragon 845 powered Chromebooks yeah. coming to market. So once that happens, uh, even probably the latest MediaTek processors won't really hold a candle to those. those yeah. It's going to be an interesting beast when those things If show MediaTek, uh, whoever's making these, can get them you know, perfected and on shelves sooner than later, then <laughs> yeah. that, they'll do okay. But yeah, once Cheza and the newer Qualcomm chip comes out in a Chromebook they're going to kind of squash the arm side yeah, of things you know, so. on that so I mean you're talking 14 to 16 hours battery mm. great performance super thin form factors yeah. LTE built, built in. in all that there's yeah. going to be some great stuff coming when those start showing up in the market and we know for sure that, that that's coming later this year and that's going to be exciting yeah, and, and you know we're we're really excited about these uh, upcoming devices. You know, there there's just so much going on in the world of Chrome and Chrome OS. So, if you want to keep track of all this, uh, head over to ChromeOnbox.com. You know, that's where we're going to be posting all of this content, so you all can follow along there. Um, one thing we're, we're we're kind of doing now, rather than talking about deals on the podcast, uh, because those are just so constantly changing. Um, We've got a deal section on the website now. Uh, you can go up there, click on deals, and see kind of the ongoing deals uh, that are out there. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in. You can find show notes over at chromeunbox.com forward slash podcasts, along with all the info that we've covered in this episode. Additionally, you can find us online on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook by searching at Chrome Unboxed. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.